You're listening to another episode of The Zag, continuing our social distancing mini-series. Excited to be joined by somebody outside of LA and California. Alan is here, a 2020 fellow from the Wisconsin-Madison chapter. We'll see how life is going in that part of the country and also hear what else is on Alan's mind. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get to it. All right, Alan. Yeah, definitely an interesting 2020 fellows experience. Give folks a scoop on if your class is met in person this month or did everything end up virtual? Um, so it was actually uh, in person. Um, we were able to do our stuff before everything got really um, became you know, like more serious. We, we start uh, the first weekend of the month. So we were still having the pen, you know, all the deal, all the stuff that was going on, but also we weren't going into the full fledge of shutdown mode so that's where we were at at the time so we were actually doing our fundraising um weekend so we were able to talk to uh, alumni and be able to reach out to them to uh, be able to support uh, next year's class so it was a really great opportunity for all of us to talk about our story and eventually you know making our hard ask uh, for making a commitment to the nlc's next class and then as you all think about making that ask moving forward, and this I think will be true not only for NLC, but lots of our, our friends and fellows who work in the nonprofit world. Yeah, how do you feel like the, the, the messaging should evolve to take into account what's going on now? Sure. So it's gonna it's a really interesting time, obviously, because we're trying to prioritize on what we value. And I think that that's just going to be the narrative going forward over the next, you know, over the next, you know, even the next year or so um, from what transpired from what's going on now to how do we respond from that? Um, you know, we've actually been here in Madison. We've had a really great response with um, one of our nonprofit leaders, Michael Johnson, who was able to fundraise a million dollars for the aid relief um, here in Madison. And we also, community leaders, um, have also stepped up to doing a virtual tip jar um, to um, help with those who are in the food service industry and things like that, so who are directly affected by that. Um, so there's really been some great leadership going on right now, but absolutely as we're you know, going, moving forward, how are we going to, um, make those ask and how we, um, talk about those stories and things like that. And one of the things that's been interesting to watch, especially talking to other folks in the NLC community is the, the different rate of responses by each state. Obviously here in California, we went earlier this week into pretty much total state lockdown and, and New York is doing the same, but different parts of the country are going in a slightly different direction, maybe a different timeline, maybe a better way to put it. What kind of things have you seen in the last, say, 72 hours, and what's your best guess on what's happening in the next two to three days? Yeah, so um, we we here, here in Wisconsin, we've limited um, to having um, uh, less than 10 people in a, um, in a business and things like that. So it's getting to more um, – it isn't as um, – hard press as like with California and New York is going on, but we're definitely taking measures um, within that to minimize as much as we possibly can. We're noticing that um, stores are, you know, closing at um, an earlier hours to limit um, the uh, just trying to, just trying to do the best that we can with also making sure that we do meet the needs within that um, for, for everyone to, 
to get the things that they need. And then in terms of, you know, some of the issues that are present in every city that are, are now much more exacerbated by what's going on, whether that's homelessness or housing affordability or, or those kind of things, you know, and I know your work touches on some of that. What kind of uh, challenges do you see in the short term and what kind of things do you hope to happen in the long term? Well, I think overall, I think it's, again, like talk, it's really having the conversations and talking about the values that we share and along with also what those what do those values mean and what does that translate to? Um, I think certainly, you know, with things like homelessness and all those type of, um, all the things that we as progressives talk about, but we need to talk about in terms of values and how we have those conversations with, you know, people that are like-minded with us and also people that may not see us eye to eye all the time, but we need to come together and try to come up with solutions um, to help those who need it. And then one of the things I've asked folks is when you think about some of the larger systemic changes that could be possible as we see a lot of the systems that we knew were were shaky or if not entirely faulty, um, we have a moment maybe to to rethink a lot of things and do some big change. If you had to pinpoint one or two systems that you'd want to see overhauled, you know, what's your ideal replacement for those systems? It's a really good question. I mean, so like at least from my perspective of someone who has uh, a chronic health condition. I've had uh, Crohn's disease um, for about 21 years now. And, um, you know, a, something like a health epi- a healthcare epidemic, like what we're going through, um, I really think that's, uh, we need to really focus on trying to work on getting, you know, programs that are, whether it's um, uh, fixing up uh, or trying to help with uh, the Affordable Care Act or maybe trying to, you know, work towards a Medicare for All um, program, things like that, to help making sure that we keep everyone um, healthy and safe uh, for um, should there ever be any other future situations like this or to give something that we can work on for everyone to get um, better and preventive health care. And have y'all had your primary vote yet? Um, we have not, but we are going to have that very soon. Um, it, it's going along with our uh, state Supreme Court race. Um, so there's really been a big push with um, uh, voter registration, uh, trying to get uh, voting by mail and things like that. So we're trying to make sure that everyone gets voted. And we're trying to get someone like... Um, Supreme Supreme Court Justice Jill Kurowski, who's running, uh, she has a, a really great track record of um, protecting individuals and making sure you know, she has the same values that a lot of us progressives share um, to serve the court. Do you know how in your state it ended up that Supreme Court justices were elected? That seems a little odd. <laughs> it is a little bit odd. Um, I'm not. I don't know the full context of how that transpired, but it's also, yeah, it's we have like a lot of positions that just, it seems very, it seems very interesting that we elect these particular uh, positions um, like a state Supreme court justice or, um, you know, even at a local level of circuit court judges and even uh, like County sheriffs, you know, that kind of thing. It's kind of an interesting how the people vote on that um, type of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Well, so we'll come back. We'll talk a maybe a little bit lighter fare. Thanks for listening to this episode. Of the Zag, we'll be right back. Yeah, Ellen, we've been asking folks opinions on 
locked in your home quarantine uh, board games, if you had to pick one, you can only live with one board game for the foreseeable future, which one would it be? Well, that's a great question. Um, so I know some of your uh, cohort, some of the people you've interview- interviewed uh, have said Monopoly, <laughs> and I have a, pro- a big problem with that as a uh, person who plays board games regularly. Um, oh, so I'm going to... Uh, well, Monopoly is kind of, it's, it's, it's just not, it, it, I think it just destroys friendships and families, uh, <laughs> more than, than it should. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to throw out a game that probably your listeners may not know. It's okay. called, uh, Takedo. Oh. It is a board game. Uh, it's, the game is basically where you're backpacking through, um, the, the rural, rural, the rural countryside of Japan, um, and you play certain characters that um, have certain um, abilities or things that would be power, things that you would be able to thrive on. But you basically choose um, what what to do, um, whether it's shopping, um, going to uh, the springs, uh, going to temple to don- donate money to it, and there's all sorts of bonuses to that and those kind of things. Um, so it's a very um, interesting type of game, and the board itself. If if you happen to you know do a Google search of of what Takedo looks like, it's this really great um, long rectangular board that has a very zen um, and a lot of great artwork. So it's just something that uh, I hope your listeners uh, get get a chance to try out. Yeah, I love it. In terms of you staying connected to to friends and and other folks that you care about, what's been some of the patterns you see? emerging that, that, that you like, or maybe some of the things that you want to try is we get even kind of more locked down here. Yeah. I, I mean, I have, I've been more of a person who like would just use like Facebook messenger. And so the, the concept of using the video conferencing uh, is new to me and it's something that um, is very helpful for me to, to use that, um, to use those type of uh, resources to do that. Yeah. I've been interested to see which parts of these, Ways that we're choosing to communicate now stick mm-hmm. afterwards, right? I mean, I think the length of time right. makes, a, makes a big difference. And, you know, we talking about systems earlier with with healthcare for sure. But yeah, it was, part of me wonders also, will our conception of, of, of work uh, and what it means in terms of f- physical proximity and work change a lot and mm-hmm. will that give more power to workers in some ways that I think now we'll have plenty of evidence to prove that a lot of these things can be done remotely and I think there's a lot of tangible benefits to yeah. liv- livable communities and, and the environment by doing so too. Yeah. I'd be interested to see what ends up sticking. Yeah. I mean, so like I, I actually work uh, for a, uh, a third party vendor who works with um, my church systems. And so a lot of the organizations that we work with are doing video conferencing um, with, you know, minor um, type of uh, illnesses. Um, so they're adjusting to based on, you know, certain um, symptoms that are trying to minimize people getting, uh, um, getting you know, the COVID-19. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see, especially in rural communities, of mm-hmm. how they're going to um, adjust to that and then also getting more of a comfort level of getting to those kind of things. So for an accessibility standpoint, I'm all for it. But um, just there's going to be right now this techn- technology technological gap um for a short period of time and hopefully maybe we can we can overcome that and then so people are more comfortable within that yeah well said listen thanks for coming on definitely stay safe out there and thanks everyone for listening to this episode of the zag make sure to 
catch up on all the episodes that have dropped in the last seven days or so. We put up about 10 to 12 that are featuring folks from across the country talking about all of the things that are going on. It's an interesting time capsule for a very, very strange era in our country and world's history. And if you're really bored, make sure to catch out the 200 plus episodes of all the Zags. The usual places you get podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, they're all there. Short and sweet. Make sure to get them. And until next time, we will catch you soon.